truly it was an amazing grace. Uh, I guess with all of our knowledge and understanding of that amazing grace, we still don't really understand it or fully appreciate what the Lord has done for us. We would, everyone, be lost and doomed right. to ruin. Right. Was it not for the grace of God right. that was extended to us, the call of God, right. not that we called Him, but that He called us. Right. And I thank God for that calling. I really appreciate the privilege of being here tonight. I don't, uh, I don't deserve this. I don't desire to preach every camp meeting. I I'm certainly not worthy of it. But I, I do love this man that we all talk about, and he is worthy. Right. He is so worthy of our praise and our honor. And I thank the Lord for what he has done for me. I've been, I've been blessed this camp meeting by seeing David Ray come. And the, the, uh, the sincerity with which he sought the Lord and the humility. Right. And uh, the things that he said about treating people right really strikes a chord in my heart. Right. Uh, it's the second commandment that we love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen. And Jesus says on these two hang all the law and the prophets. All those writings, all those stories back there are fulfilled in this fact that if we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our brother as ourself, it's all fulfilled in that. Well, I thank the Lord for his goodness to me, and I ask you to pray for me. Bless you. You know, the Lord's ways are higher than our ways. The ways that men do things in this life and in this world we live in, the manner that they go about to achieve the ends that they desire, and the way the Lord works is entirely different. And I thank God for that difference. Men in business today, if they have a special job needs to be done, they'll tap the man on the shoulder who's the best qualified. They'll search him out. They'll get the best man they've got to send to represent their company. When the NASA sends a man up in a spaceship, they get the best qualified man they can get. Right. A man with good reflexes, with good intelligence, with good vision, with a good training. They get the best they've got. But God commended his love to us. Think about it. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait until we had done great works of righteousness. He didn't wait until we had proved ourselves. He didn't wait until we had schooled ourselves or educated ourselves or done something worthy of His love and His grace. But while we were nothing, while we were unlovable, the Lord commended His love to us while we were yet sinners. And we've got to be thankful for that. Right. You know, a song we says, we sing sometimes says, uh, Some wondrous sights I see. In, in the, while reading in my Bible, some wondrous sights I see. I don't know if they're visions or dreams or what they are, 
but I experience it sometimes. Right. I see things in the Word of God yes. that stir me, stir you up, that move me. Yeah. To thank the Lord for His goodness to the children of men. God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Now, many of you, especially the older ones here, probably started your marriage with nothing or practically nothing. Get any amens on that? Amen. Many of you started businesses with nothing or practically nothing. Faith and a strong will and determination and hard work. But you didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice. You didn't have anything. So that was the only way you could go. Was with nothing. Or practically nothing. But God had a choice. He chose to do this. He chose all through the scriptures. To select men of little renown. To select men of insignificance. To, to select women who were barren, who were despised. God all through the scriptures has done this. That he might reveal to us the love of God that goes out and reaches to every corner, every crevice, every small spot, every despised place, every place where there's someone that's lonely or depraved or sad or grief-stricken. The love of God reaches out to that place. Amen. And it's that way because God chose it that way. And if we had to be recognized by God in the way that men of this world are recognized, there's very few of us would have ever made the great. There's very few would ever made the great. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And uh, it may seem foolish to people sometimes. I've experienced a few things that people have thought were foolish. What are you going to do with them if you get them sanctified? Where are they going to go to church? People thought it was foolish to travel 70 miles or in some cases 200 miles. They thought it was foolish. But God hath chosen the foolishness of preaching. 
And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to, unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, the Apostle Paul probably could have come with some excellent speech. He was schooled at the feet of Gamaliel. He knew the Jewish religion. He knew the languages of the day. He spoke with tongues more than they all. He understood, but he said, the things that were gain unto me, those I counted loss for Christ. He had to recant. He had to give it all back. He had to say, it's all over that I might win Christ. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Remember the Tower of Babel? They were going to climb up. They were going to achieve. They were going to learn. They were going to understand the things of the Lord. It's just not learned that way. You don't get it in a school. You don't get it by much study is a weariness of the flesh. But by the Spirit of God, by humility before God, and the revelation of the Spirit of God, can you learn the things of God. The Jews require a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. I thank the Lord that His plan is just like it is. I think of three or four occasions when... In the days of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, wherein the Lord began to give us some glimpse of what he was going to do in his plan and with his plan. Uh, before Isaac was born, Abraham had a son. That son was just as much Abraham's son. As Isaac was. It was a son of his younger days. It was a son that was born in more of the strength of his flesh. It was his firstborn. You all know what the firstborn meant in those days. Ishmael was Abraham's firstborn. But God said, I'm going to give you a son. I'm going to give you a son of promise. And Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. The Bible says that. I must believe that. And Abraham and Sarah, when they were past age, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before whom, who, 
before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, and things which are not. Things which be not as though they were. Who against hope, believed in hope, it was not logical, it did not make sense, it was impractical to believe that he could father a son at a hundred years of age and his wife could carry at her old age. It didn't hardly make any sense. But God had spoken his word. He had given it to Abraham by promise. It did not come through the firstborn. It did not come after the flesh. It did not come after the strength of men. It did not come from high and mighty things. But it it came through humility and believing the word of God and Isaac was born to them in their old age the son of promise and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness that's the word of God. That's right. God hath chosen the foolish things of the earth. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau, twins. The Lord spoke unto Rebekah and said, Two kinds of people are in thy womb. And two nations shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one shall be greater than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. God help us to have vision to understand that the things that are highly esteemed among men are an abomination in the sight of God. We don't need titles. We don't need to be stroking ourselves. We need to be preaching the gospel. Jacob had 12 sons. One of them was despised by his brethren. There was a reason why he was despised. God had a plan. It wasn't altogether an absurdity. They didn't really care for their younger brother coming up and telling them that they were going to bow down and serve him. But God was choosing weak things, lesser things, things that were not highly esteemed like the big brothers. Things that were despised was God choosing to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And when the time came that Jacob should bless his sons, Joseph brought his 
his sons, which was Jacob's grandsons, and he held them between his knees, and he brought them up to his father, and he put them out there, the oldest on Jacob's right hand and the youngest on his left hand. I think Manasseh was the oldest. And you know what Jacob did? Yeah. Crossing his hands wittingly, he put the blessing, the right hand blessing, on the youngest son. Does it seem coincidental that with Isaac and Ishmael, with Jacob and Esau, with Manasseh and Ephraim, three times in a row, does it seem coincidental that that just happened? Or do you think God had a lesson for us? Do you know that God has chosen the foolish things of the earth? And if we ever aspire to greatness, if we ever aspire to wisdom, to a place that men would look to us, Lord, help us to climb down off that seat and understand that God chose the weak things of the world and the base things just as the stream finds the bed that is lowly. So Jesus walks with the pure and the holy. He will not walk with the proud or the scornful. Humble thyself to walk with God. Many people have find themselves where the mainstream of life has slipped them by. They're not in active groups and they don't have lots of family and lots of contacts and they, they spend much of their time in, in uh, lonely hours and solitude. The love of God reaches. Amen. I want to tell you, the love of God reaches. You may find yourself in that place someday Amen. when the stream of life has passed you by and things may not be so active and you may not have so many contacts and you may be deprived of your mate and you may spend hours grieving and you may be alone and you may be forgotten. The love of God reaches. The power of God goes out. Amen. The sunlight of God's love goes everywhere to places that are despised to places that are cast down, to men that are weak, to women that are undone. The love of God reaches. And I thank God that He chose the things that are weak, the things that are despised, and the things that are not. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that things that are made are seen were not made with things that do appear. God took nothing and made something out of it. And the deliverances that you read about in the scripture when Moses was born when the time came for Moses to deliver the people of God the Lord had prepared him when no one else knew when he was supposed to be dead he wasn't even supposed to exist but God had prepared and he came forth and he began to reason with Pharaoh 
and all the strength of Egypt could not stand. Could not stand before the working of God. It's that way today. When God begins to work uh, and He begins to raise up a lowly man, when He begins to raise up His truth from the beggar, from the dunghill, from the barren, from the undone, from the despised, from, the, from those that have been passed over, when God begins to raise up His people and to perform His work, uh, everything falls in light of that. Uh, when the light of the gospel begins to shine, uh, everything falls. Uh, Jericho's walls begin to fall. Everything Everything falls. Dagon falls. They brought the Ark of the Covenant in there. When the Philistines had taken the people of God captive and they took the Ark of the Covenant which represented the presence of God and they took it in their, God, in their chamber and they set it beside their God and the next morning Dagon had fell over. They set him back up and the next morning he fell over again. Everything falls in the light of the Gospel. And it reaches every man. Don't don't you ever think we've got a circle on this thing? Those people in Jesus' day thought they had it all sewed up. And then for years and years and years, they stroked themselves in that velvet lining of self-righteousness and you're such a great guy and you're a good guy and if anybody got a little out of the way they cut him off and another fella got out of the way they cut him off and they wrapped that circle tighter and tighter and many poor people out there that John the Baptist preached to wasn't getting anything from the Sanhedrin wasn't getting anything from Jerusalem and it passed them over but John the Baptist the despised man, the woolly man, the, the John the Baptist, the Elijah man came out of the wilderness with hairy, hairy garments on him. He wasn't polished. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't a speaker, but he came out and he began to preach and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand and the people come out to him, not one or two, not four or five, but by the hundreds and by the thousands because they were hungry for the word of God and, and the Lord took that base man that man that wouldn't even identify himself except he said a voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord and he introduced the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world and there again he was an humble man he was a lowly man he was not schooled in their schools he was not polished he did not come in there and enter their councils and into their Pharisee sects and Sadducees and strike any deals with them. He didn't do that. He began to tell them the truth. He began to go to the poor people of that day. He went to the impotent man that's, that laid by the pool and says, I can't help myself. I don't know what to do. When the waters are troubled, I don't have anybody to help me. And Jesus come by and helped him. And that's the God I serve today. And I thank God that he reaches out everywhere, in every crowd, in every place. If you think you're undone, if you think you're despised, God can reach to you. Because he reaches to me. Jesus took the blind man. He gave him sight. He recognized that woman, that bleeding woman that was so intent 
on just touching his garment when the crowd was thronged around him when there was every reason for him not to notice he noticed he noticed her and he stopped the whole thing dead in its tracks and says who touched me Lord help us that we would be mindful of those who are less fortunate than we are no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation Uh, I don't have a right to take a particular scripture that I like and uh, understand and uh, ignore other scriptures. I don't have that right. If you have it, then that's you. But I don't have it. I do have a right. I have a right to say I really don't know. I have that right. And I exercise that right. And if you want to get in the scriptures, you may find some things that on the surface seem to be contradictory. Apostle Paul told the Galatians, he says, if Brother Joseph read, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than what we have preached, let him be accursed. He said it not once, but he said it twice. The same Apostle Paul said, if there come any among you and bring not this gospel or or if they preach another Christ whom you have not received or another spirit whom you have not received you might well bear with him same apostle Paul said both Apostle Paul said, For do I seek to please God or men? For if I seek to please men, I am not the servant of Christ. Apostle Paul said that. He also said that I seek to please all men in all things. Not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they might be saved. So, if we want to get into scriptures, we got a wide open field. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. And it's of no private interpretation. No, that's right. I think I know what both of those means. I think I can resolve those. 
don't want to get into it right now, but there are some I'm still working on. And I pray that the Lord would give me grace to understand. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. So, we may in our best intention sometime do what we feel like is the things that would defend the gospel. But I believe and I see in this word of God that God hath chosen weak things, not great things. Things that are despised, not things that are appreciated. Foolish things and things which be not. God hath chosen that way, that way of humility, that way of wherein everybody can come and go. Uh, they asked Jesus one time, who then can be saved? We're talking about rich people. And uh, Jesus says, uh, with God, all things are possible. You know, a rich man can humble himself. That's very possible. But it's practically impossible that poor, ignorant, undone, impotent, people can raise themselves it's nearly impossible so God in his wisdom has chosen a path a path that his spirit moves and reaches out and I do thank God for it I love the Lord I mean to serve the Lord and I ask you to pray for me God bless you